Welcome to Vision, Impact, and Purpose. See your vision, walk in your purpose, and impact lives with your gifts and talents. Thank you for tuning in to listen to Tikwa, your Christian virtual assistant coach. Join Coach Tikwa as she shares her own journey, shifts your mindset, inspires you while sharing insights and tips for our profitable virtual assistant business along the way. Now here is your host, Tikwa, founder of PowerPo Assistance. Welcome back to Vision, Impact, and Purpose. I am so excited because we have a special guest on this episode today. And today's topic, woo, we can get into this conversation, I tell you, between me and her. Google versus Microsoft for virtual assistant small business insights. So that is the topic um, episode today. So let me first introduce our guest. Our guest name is Teresa Cyrus, and Teresa has 30 plus years of Microsoft experience and specializes in technical mentoring through her company, Track Creation 4E. She also offers Microsoft 365 training and discusses the importance of a diverse digital mindset. So Teresa, welcome to Vision, Impact, and Purpose podcast. Thank you for inviting me. Yes, so welcome. So I would like for you to tell me who you are, what you do, who do you help, and how you help people through your business. All right. Again, I'm Teresa Cyrus. The company is Track Creation for E, where we explore, experiment, and execute effectively. So that's my tagline. It's really important for you to know how to explore and then experiment with networking. And because it's all about at the end of the day, being effective in your job. So my company offers Microsoft 365 training that's Outlook, PowerPoint, Excel, MS Teams, and SharePoint to come. Um, you could actually access training for those different applications. Or if you want your personal mentor, let's just get together and identify what your needs are. If you knew or a little bit advanced, already know the product, you can have some mentoring and I can help you out. So a little bit about me on a personal note. I've been married to my husband for about 27 years. He actually said encouraged me to start off in, in this business. I worked in the corporate world for over 30 years using the Microsoft products. I was actually an administrative assistant. And um, in 2015, I encouraged them to hire me in the IT department to do SharePoint training. But I've always had tech my technical background in the forefront in every position that I was in because I do have a degree in computer science. So I already have that passion for computers. So when I got my early encouraged retirement in 2021, I said, what do I want to do next? And I want to teach. I want to share. Um, right now, Microsoft Online Products are just new and enhanced. It's not that classic Outlook and Microsoft products that we've been used to, Tiqua, that I want to train people how to use these applications um, effectively. So the other thing that I'd like to do on a personal note is I love fishing. I love going to the lake. Um, I end up going to the lake by myself, um, like going very early in the morning just to listen to nature. 
So that's about me. Awesome. Awesome. That is beautiful. And that is one reason why we connected, right? One of the reasons why we connected. So you said a lot of things. You was a admin assistant. You love IT. I love IT as well. And this is why I know this conversation, I know usually lasts like 45 minutes, but I know when we get together, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, the hours. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. And I could tell you over, you know, working 30 years, I was at my last company for over 24 years. And I was lucky and blessed enough that about every five years, I was able to switch departments. And um, and so that's where I, you know, where that been having that diverse skill set come from because I worked with the sales department, I worked with investor relations that had a dotted line to the CEO. I actually worked in corporate communications, and so I worked in multiple factors in a company, and that's why I feel like you have to have a diverse digital skill set so you can have that longevity. Yes, definitely. And I know that when I first started as an admin, a lot of the skill sets I didn't know. But the one thing that I really that I need to have have was those technical skills, because you Mm -hmm. need to know the Microsoft, the corporations adapt the Microsoft applications for Word, Excel and PowerPoint and all those other good stuff. Right. So being an administrative assistant, we had to know these things to do reports, to do letters, do budgeting things in the Excel documents. So it was just so many things. So that's the great thing about being an assistant because it is diverse. We're not Mm -hmm. just learning to support a executive and the staff. We're also learning to be technical, to think forward. And then also this pandemic, Teresa, has really opened the eyes of a lot of people, right? So years, we've been home. home. We had enough time to learn all the skills that we needed to in order for us to get a job if we did lose a job and have the opportunity to up our skill set so that we can get paid more and perhaps maybe get out of the, the job that is not helping us move forward, but moving to a company that now you can use your technical skill sets and make more money. For you to talk about that in the corporate world and for virtual assistants, that the more you know when it comes to that technical skills, the more you earn, right? Because you can use that as your leverage or saying that because I have this type of technical skills that your, you know, your price range for your services can increase as well. So I, I could tell you that in my career, that technical skill set is what helped me move around. I moved into the corporate communications department. I'm saying, why do they want me? Because that was not my forte. They wanted my technical skills to get them organized and automate as much as possible, help them with being analytical and some of the data that they had right in the corporate communications, right? So again, people watch companies and business owners watch people and want the folks um, that has that strong technical background. So, you know, that's just going to lead me into focusing just on the virtual assistants that you have to be diverse and know the both that Google and Microsoft platform, right? Because there's a lot of small businesses that use Google 
and we'll talk about that a little bit later, but also you have clients that used Microsoft and you want to be on that playing field to work with both clients and not just one, one group. Exactly. So with that being said, I know that we had a conversation before and we was talking about how a lot of uh, people who left the corporate world have started their own business, whether it was a coaching business, a consulting business, a medical office, whatever that may be. And they took what they was using at the corporate office and adapt that into their business because they are used to the Microsoft. So a lot of uh, virtual assistants adapt to the Google, right? The Google workspace, I believe they call it right now, right? For entrepreneurs, right? But then they forget that there are a whole slew of clients. That's why I say there's clients everywhere, okay? Whether it's entrepreneur, uh, startup, corporate turn into owning their own business, they are everywhere. So this is why we have to make sure that our technical skills are up to par. And we learn that in a corporate office because they always send us to trainings when something new comes out or something, or they adapt a new application. We have to learn that, right? They use us as, what do you call them, um, testers to test out these, these technologies or new software that they implemented in the company. So you as a business owner, as a virtual assistant, you have to be up with all the technology if you want to be a profitable virtual assistant, correct? That's right. And and I like to say this, this is the term that I've been using all year for virtual assistants. You are a business supporter and you are a business owner. You wear two hats. And so it's going to be really important that not only you run your business efficiently, you got to run somebody else's business efficiently. So it's really important. Um, you know, I'm very analytical and I love numbers. And for this group, just in case they have not heard these numbers before, just so you know, in 2021, there was 32 million registered small businesses in the U.S. There were, my, I'm trying to go off of memory, six, 6 million in the San Francisco area alone. And then there were 4 million in the Texas, New York area as well. So like you said, because of COVID in 2020, not only were people, businesses um, had to work from home, a lot of business had to let a lot of people go. And they, and in these folks went out and started their own business. I'm one of them, right? Started my own business. And um, and I'm gonna use the application that I know is Microsoft. And Microsoft is known as the business application, right? And, and, and I think that sometimes people think that Microsoft is just strictly for enterprise company. These are large companies with more than 300 employees. Know that this could be from one employer staff or up to 300 is considered a small business. So people are going to use that application and Microsoft targets for business. I feel that Mike um, Google started off with the online Gmail 
And it's more so at a personal nonprofit level, right? So all those applications, doc, spreadsheet, and presentation was really focused for, hey, let's say you have young children and grandchildren that may have a football league or something like that, that this is for that group, nonprofit groups, to use a tool that doesn't have a lot of functionality just to get you going and out the door right? Where Microsoft focus on the business side, regardless of what size you are. It's not just for enterprise anymore. And, and think about it. If you are a small business, five employees or up to 300 employees, you can use Microsoft products to scale. When you scale, you know, your business, your product applications um, scale as well, right? So, you know, I think about Microsoft today and their online products. You have your automation. You have now the MS Teams that is a lot like Zoom. And and I actually think they're starting to add more bells and whistles than what Zoom is offering. So just keep that in mind that, you know, people are shifting, you know, from the free Google platform to Microsoft. So... It's really important for the virtual assistants to think about that. The other thing that that I want to mention to you guys, over the 4th of July holiday, I was actually just scanning through my phone and came across a couple of headlines when it came to Google. And it says, Google set to force G Suite freeloaders to cough up and businesses are mad. And I started to read that article and where Google is now starting to shift to a pricing premium package. So Google Google Docs and Sheets and presentation is not free anymore. That Google Workspace is now a paid application versus free. And I want this group to watch the news for Google very closely because they may, that free package may go away altogether. I mean, I, I was just really amazed when I saw that um, article over the 4th of July weekend. Yeah. So with that being said, Teresa, this is a time where businesses, not just virtual assistant businesses, but businesses need to start really taking a look at the expenses that they have. And, and because the pandemic has really shifted a lot of things where there was a lot of things that were free. You could take a look at MailChimp. Yes. MailChimp. Mm -hmm. Because at one point we was training clients on the MailChimp and doing the email marketing and that was free. And then they got smart and they was like, all right, well, people are, you know, really starting their businesses due to COVID. So they started changing. So you only get a certain amount free email list and you have to upgrade to the paid version in order for you to expand your list, right? So there's a lot of things, the Google and all these other businesses and companies are really looking at the usage of uh, these applications that we are using every day in our businesses. So they're making money, right? We have to make money as well. So think about it. So I know, Teresa, that you went um, at one of our sessions for the Kingdom Minded Virtual Assistant. You was talking about how virtual assistants should start now including that subscription in their pricing, right? Right. Um, they are uh, supporting clients because if you got to pay for Google Workspace um, in order for you to do your job and, and do everything and then you have to pay for the Microsoft business and things like that, then, you know, that's when you start really taking a look at your pricing 
for your package right. so that you're not putting out more money than what you're receiving. So we have to also get smart with this as well as business owners. So it's not right. just a company, you a company too, you're a business owner, okay. but we also have to look at our expenses and our pricing packages. During this time, your packages, after the pandemic, your prices should have went up because more and more businesses need virtual assistants. And t- talking about the pricing. So, you know, in that article that I had read over, over that holiday, Google, Google Workspace, their tiering packaging and pricing is very similar to Microsoft, right? So, you know, their business standard is $6, just like Microsoft. Their no business basic is $6, like Microsoft. Their business standard is $12 versus $12.50. But what I found interesting, though, is when they were looking and rating the two products, they were saying that Google was simple and functional, but they said they did not have enough powerful features. So in my mind, why not pay that fifty, that twelve fifty with Microsoft and get all the bells and whistles? And if you for like I said for virtual assistants, they need both. If you work with a client that is using and you paying twelve dollars and fifty, pay pay charge them a percentage. I wouldn't say charge them the whole twelve dollars, but charge them a great percentage of it. Because you're using that product to service them. And same thing, if you get a Microsoft client, charge them 25% of what you pay per month. So I thought that was really important. And and talk about money and our revenue to run a business. Google earned $5 billion. And that was reported end of June. Microsoft made $15 billion. So this is what reason why Google is starting to say, hey, we need to start charging people. So they started with the folks who was on Google Suite. My thoughts are it's just a matter of time. They're going to start start charging everyone, everyone. So just be ready. I just want this group to be ready that should they decide they want to charge, charge your clients back a percentage, 25% to your clients for the usage of that application and also start learning Microsoft now. And there's a couple reasons why I encourage people to learn Microsoft now. If you have any Microsoft users on the call and they're using Microsoft 2016 and Microsoft 2019 applications come 2025, which is you might think is far away, but when you're learning new skills, it doesn't happen overnight. By 2025, Microsoft is not supporting those applications anymore. So everybody is going to eventually be moving to the cloud, right? Because companies want to make sure that if anything goes wrong, they are serviced. So I know that I shared that in one of your um, webinars before, that it's going to be crucial to start learning now. So when 2025 come around, that you already have the skill sets. And if you gain a client who is just moving to the cloud, you're going to look like an expert. And when you look like an expert, when you are the expert, right, you can actually charge for your services because you are an expert. So that's, that's, that's huge. That's huge. It is huge. So just thinking about what you just said, it's just like working for a company. 
And and most of our virtual assistant who does admin support have worked in the corporate office, correct? Mm -hmm. So when you work for someone, you are working, you get a review at the end of the year, you may get a mid-year review, and that all determines your salary, your your raise, right? So they they, um, look at your technical skills, they look at the projects that you've done, all around the team player, all the stuff, right? So right. all the things that you learn from a company, pay attention to those things that when you were in that corporation, how the business work, because now when you get into your virtual assistant business, you act like you don't know. <laughs> okay. If you, when you was in the business and you asked your boss for a raise or a promotion, you made, you, you did every reason you wrote down all the things that you did, all the technical, all the, the classes that you took to prove that you did the work. And you worked for it and you got the skill sets for you to get promoted. So think about when you're in your own business, how you're going to promote yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's by being more technical. And I know for me, working as an admin, I still work as an, uh, a senior executive assistant. I still keep my skill sets up. Now, the pandemic, we all had to learn teams because we had we moved from Skype to Right. whole Microsoft, right? So guess right. what we had to learn through the pandemic? We had to learn, take classes, how to do WebEx because our clients were doing WebEx with the outside, with the firms, outside people. Yes, we had to learn the securities and all that stuff. You have to do that in your business as well. For teams, we didn't know anything about teams. When they started migrating us to teams, that was another application that we had to learn, right? So learning these things, it shifted. The company shifted with the, the job titles now. Now they want mm-hmm. us to be more technical, even though we were technical, but because we in a hybrid mode, we have to know how to do a webinar, do Zoom, do Teams, do WebEx and all that stuff and know the ins and out of it, right? So as right. I'm learning and taking these classes, I am writing it down saying, okay, I learned how to do this. I'm an expert at this. I'm an expert at that. You have to do that in your business as well. Yes, we have to pay for our own education, our own training. But guess what? At the end of the day, that's where it goes. It's in alignment with your pricing now because now you are expert at one more thing. And you're investing in yourself and in your career. And I always talk about that's what's going to help you with that longevity. There's two things you have mentioned I wanted to address. So I remember I was talking to one of your virtual assistants and I shared with her that everything that you do for your client, put your name on it. Put your name on it. Um, the company that I had a, one of my ex-co-workers call me and said, hey, I thought of you today because they wrote out um, a process and your name is on it. So even after you're long gone, your name is still on that process that whatever you created and you worked on. So and, and the young lady said, well, how do I do that? And always create a process of what you did, because now if you there or not, and it's all about growth, you don't want to keep doing some of these low end tasks and processes that you can now hand that off to someone else. Because once you offload that to someone else, now you can learn something new. I said, put your name on everything. 
because if you were hired for one project and three months, six months down the road, they come across that process, they see your name on and they're like, oh, wow, I need to call her back for the next project, right? So put your name on everything that you do. And the other thing that you were talking about um, when you were talking about you had to just learn Microsoft Teams and with Microsoft products, they're always rolling out something new and you really <laughs> have to stay on top of everything. I'm actually part of a Microsoft Teams community. I go to another website and learn about what's going on and, and, and how to use. I may have in mind how to use a particular feature, but other people may say I'm using it this way. And that's where that networking come into play because Microsoft is always rolling out something new every month, right? So it's really important that if you learn the basic and the core, so now when they roll out this new stuff, you're not overwhelmed because you're only learning what's new and not trying to learn the whole new application. Like you, you had said that with Microsoft Teams, you had to learn everything, right? You had to learn about Teams. You had to learn about the conferencing. You had to learn about the phone. Well, now, whenever they roll out something new for a new feature, that you're only concentrating on that. Exactly. So even in the companies, the expectation is for the assistant to know these things. Because who are they going to come to? Oh, how do I do this? They're going to come to the assistant, right? So when you're in your business, when someone comes to you and, and um, book a discovery call, they're going to ask you. Well, I am not technical. I need someone who's going to be able to do Teams and Webinar and WebEx and all these things. So make a checklist for yourself on what technical stuff that you're really good at. And the, the ones that you are weakest at, that's when you take time. I know, Teresa, you said invest in yourself. And sometimes people don't have the investment. But guess what I used to do? I used to go into the application and I used to play with it until I learned how to do it. It's trial and error. Get a partner and start testing things out. And that's what my VAs do. They have um, in my agency called co-working space. And they have this co-working hour where they, they work together and they talk about certain things that they have challenges with and they play with these things and test it out with one another. So find yourself a community. Find a community. Exactly. Like you said, Teresa, the Microsoft community. Whatever you want to learn, you don't have to do everything all at once, but start putting that on your agenda to learn because companies, businesses, entrepreneurs are looking for technical VAs to do these things because they yeah, want to act in their zone of genius. They don't want to have to be worried about this. When, when I said invest in yourself, that's exactly what I meant as far as you don't have to spend money to invest in yourself, uh -huh. right? So every Friday, it's my day. I take four hours, half a day, and I just go and learn. I go and say, mm, Microsoft, because before, when it comes to my mentoring and when I post tricks and tips out on the social media platforms, before I post that information out there, I've actually touched it, used it, and start thinking about best practices. So I take my Fridays to actually physically learn a new feature. 
And that's how I, why I, how I share all these tricks and tips for some of, some of the new stuff that is out. So when you investing in yourself, doesn't necessarily you investing money, right? You can invest your time in learning, right? So, and if you actually work for a company or work for a client who's going to pay for your training, that no matter what, that's something they can never take away from you, right? That knowledge is yours to keep. And so definitely invest in yourself. Another thing you had said, talking about marketing, and I encourage virtual assistants to think about this and consider this, that either you send out a newsletter or create a web page where your clients can come to. Anytime you learn something new, you can post it and it could be just either something like, oh, wow, I saw this and you're um, sending them to a particular site about a particular feature. Because think about podcasting. Everybody wants to explore with podcasting. If you know some best practices because you've been exploring with it, even with you and, and with your team, you post it out there. Now your client might say, mm, I'm going to keep that in the back of my mind because I want to do that in about a year or so. Now that I know who to go to and say, what do you know about podcasts? Right. So again, that's that technical podcast is technical, too. So it's all about how to market yourself. And it's really about mm, I created this process for company. You don't have to mention the company's name, but you sharing your learnings that they're going to think about coming to you down the road for that same process or that same technical process that you created. That's one way how you market yourself in what you can do as a passive way to share with people what you do, exactly. what you've, I should say what you've done. <laughs> mm -hmm, exactly. And what you've done. You said a key word, you said best practices. Now we use best practices in, uh, at my, at my nine to five, my full-time job. And we had documents after documents of best practices on how to, uh, schedule a meeting for the, the executive or the president of the bank. Cause each person had their own way of, um, doing things, right? Best practices for how to book a conference room and some tips and tricks and things like that. So when you keep best practices, uh, there's a lot of times that we don't use certain things all the time. But when that time comes when you need to use it, then you have that document that you wrote down the process. You took or like Teresa said, she takes four hours a week to uh, to practice certain things and then share it on social media, those tips and things like that. Well, you can do the same thing for for yourself in your business when you learn something and you learn the process because we forget because I know I have. Absolutely. Exactly. I'm like, wow, how did I do that? Exactly. I forgot to write that down. Now I got to go and look on YouTube again. You know? Exactly. So write the process down and file it away. So, Teresa, you know, you talked about SharePoint. SharePoint is a, a great way to put your best practice in. All the things that you have learned in your business, in, in the technical, in the softwares and, and things like that. So you can go and refresh your memory. So when a client say, can you, you know, do you know how to do this? 
you can say, you know what? Yes, I do. And then mm -hmm. you, know, you can refresh your memory, you know, exactly. go back to that best practice on how to, to, to do a landing page, how to do email marketing or whatever it is. It's written. It's a document. It's a record for you in your business. If I, corporate I, have not taught you anything, that is one thing they have taught yeah. you. Document, document, document. Okay. <laughs> the the one of the reasons why I end up documenting all my um either best practices or processes is because um as a customer support person we would actually give um we would we would build a solution and we would give them step by step on how to maintain it, right? Because especially when it comes to SharePoint, that we will build a solution for them for them to maintain. And they'll go and start making changes. And then when it's broken, they want us to work these miracles. And I will say, well, where's the process that I gave you? And they, oh, yeah, we modified it. Well, I keep my own processes that what I gave given to the client because I know exactly what the original intent was. And that's why, again, anything that you do for virtual assistance, anything that you do for your client, you document what you've done and the steps that you have taken. Because if they go and start modifying it and mess it up or whatever, you can go back to your original document, right? And it, and it's um it's one of those you know CYA as well, covering your tail sort of thing as well. But um and and here again, when you create that process that you're able to put your name on it and that's how your name going to keep coming up. And, and again, how you can say, this is all I've done for you for, you know, the year or the time I've been working with you because you have all these processes for them. That's another way to track, you know, the things that you've done for them. So when that year, you know, at the end of the year, when you raise your prices for your service, that it's because you've tracked and documented everything that you've done for them. That's something I would make time for. Um, when, I, when, I when I was in the corporate world, I made time to document my processes because it was easy for me at the end of the year to say, I've, this is everything that I've done. Yeah. I am so glad that you said that because when it comes to us as business owners, and most clients that you work with and they know that you're really good at what you do, they don't have no problem when it comes to raising your prices. That means that that client is in alignment with you, right? With you and your business. Right. And they know your worth. So when it comes to documenting, you're doing it for yourself. And then also when you send that email out to your client, letting them know that you're, you're going to be raising your prices for the new year or the next month or however you're going to do that, then that's where you can attach that document of all the things that all the projects that we worked on together, you know, the success in the project and how things are working and things like that. And they see this in black and white. They will have no problem taking that that and saying, yeah, OK, yes, because I, I, I know that you you do your job well because you already document what you have done, because sometimes people forget. They know that you're there. You exactly. help them. But they don't get into the meat and potatoes of what you did. 
when, well, when they see that document of, oh, wow, yeah, she did all this. Wow. I didn't realize it took this much or this amount of time to do this. I was I was going to say that because it's not just about listing the, the name of the project that exactly. you've done for them. It's not one and project name, two project name. It's really talking about how what you did and what was involved. And I had um, I, I remember years ago I did a project and I remember documenting that I touch like, I don't know, I'm, I'm 2,500 clients records. And my leader said, why did you include that? I said, because I wanted you to know how many records I had to touch to get that done versus just saying I got them done. And she said, well, I'm glad that you did. She said, because your bonus is going to reflect the, the number of records that you touch, not just the project itself. Right. Because now she was able to see the sweat. Right. That um, took all that was involved to get that project done, not just I did project A, B and C and it was completed on time. So it's not that at all. You got to really get into about some of the things that you did and and the, how much time it took you to get it done because that's what's going to say, mm, I see your efforts here. And give them more than what they asked for, right? Like, don't just say that Project A was, I don't know, um, you know, just just give them a little bit more. Anticipate what their needs are down the road once you get involved in that project. And I can't tell you how to do that. That's just something that you're going to have to be in tune to start thinking about. Once I give them this project, are they going to want more? And what is what does that really look like? And start thinking about thinking forward on how you can improve this process a little bit more because that's always going to take you from what they asked for to something that is exceeded their expectation. Exactly. So I know that we talked and touched on everything here because you know when we get together, that's it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And, and there's some there's there's some numbers I wanted I wanted I want to go back to Google and Microsoft for a second. Yes, that's what I was because, trying to do back there. Yeah. So I want to go back to that for a second. So I threw out some numbers at you, shared with you that Google Workspace made $5 billion in last quarter versus Microsoft $15 billion. And I am really concerned that it, it, it was actually reported that clients are really mad because where they had to start paying for their G Suite, which is the new Google Workspace. And one, I'm, I'm actually reading the quote. The one quote says, it's less about the amount of what they're charging. It's more about the fact that they um, changed the rules. They can change the rules again at any given time because Google only gave their G Suite clients only six to eight months to, for them to switch. They had six to eight months to say, I am now going to move away from the free platform to the paid platform. And their users are mad. And one guy said, mm, I feel like that Google enticed me to use their free application 
and then want to charge me later without any really um, any warning. And so their, their clients are mad. So so watch out because, you know, again, I think that's going to happen. But Tech Radar, they did they interviewed and they completed a survey with um, 500 businesses. Um, and this is small, medium, and large businesses. And out of the 500 businesses in the U.S. that was interviewed, they only 15% said they would use Google for their business. And compared to Microsoft, um, it was 58.6%. So you know me and my, my analytical mind. I start getting my calculator. And so let's look at out of 500 people, only 75 businesses prefer Google compared to 293 businesses prefer Microsoft. Now, why is this important to the virtual assistant? Again, it's because you are now only working, you only have opportunities to work with 75 businesses in this huge virtual assistant, virtual assistant niche, right? Compared to if you knew both, you would have close to 400 you know, opportunities that you are, you know, you have access to. So I just thought those numbers were alarming. I, I immediately went in my office, you know, Monday and start punching up these numbers. And um, and I actually went out on Club Deck myself and shared this information with virtual assistants because, again, this is missed opportunities. You're not, you're leaving money on the table when you're only leaving yourself to work with 75 U.S. businesses compared to close to 300 Microsoft businesses. So, um, and, and again, and if you knew both, now you are in front of closely to 400 businesses that you can offer your services to. So that's huge, really huge. That's certainly so, so keep that in mind. Like I said, I, I'm always, a, I'm very analytical. And when I get down to the numbers and saw the numbers difference between them, that's a 218 businesses difference. That's a difference of 218 businesses that if you are solely a Google user. Yes. So the whole point and the takeaway from this is even though we have adapted to the Google, right? Also, just your, how you're leaving money on the table, not knowing the Microsoft um, products as well. And mm -hmm. like Teresa said, they upgrading as we speak, they're always adding stuff. And that's like with all products, you know, they're going right. to upgrade and things like that. But we should not be choosing one or the other. As virtual assistant, we have to be well-rounded, very technical, and know the upcoming technology, if you are tech VA especially, and if you are administrative and you're offering admin support, it's definitely important to know both of these applications. So 
the one of the things too, you know, when I'm actually on um, Instagram on social media platforms and I see a lot of um, virtual assistants just really only targeting the social media marketing and um, I don't see a lot. I don't see as many. I should say it that way. I don't see as many um, virtual assistants that strictly want to provide administrative support uh, and and you know, being administrative assistant myself for many years, don't lose sight of that because um, businesses need that administrative support. And if a business hire you to do administrative support and they hire somebody to do social media marketing, because that's hot right now and it is needed. So I'm not going to overlook that. And then they may hire another person to another virtual assistant that, you know, let's say accounting or for bookkeeping. But when times get hard, like it is right now, and they got to start making cuts, they're going to keep that admin um, assistant. And if that admin assistant knows how to go onto LinkedIn and um, make a post or, or go to a social media or to the website and update their website, that's the person that they're going to keep. And they're going to let go of the others until times, you know, um, is right, you know, when when the finances and the economy changes a little bit. So keep that in mind. I just see a lot of virtual assistants not um, targeting just the admin side, and it is much needed, much needed and, and, um, and respected. Yes, that is true. So statistics says that is 40% of your time is spent on administrative tasks. That's mm -hmm. a lot, right? Mm -hmm. They're always administrative tasks, whether you are solo or you have a business and they always need an admin. Mm -hmm. Now, through my experience as a coach, you know, when I coach my clients, most of them don't want to do the admin support. It's like, I don't know, yeah. I don't want to do the admin support. And I always encourage my clients that do what you love to do, right? right. However, that's a little back pocket thing there, you know, exactly. don't, don't lose that, you know, even though exactly. that's something you can always delegate that to somebody else, hire an intern, hire someone to do that. But at least you're still offering some kind of admin support because like Teresa said, businesses need an admin. It doesn't exactly. matter what business it is or what entrepreneur, they need an admin because that 40% is a lot. So imagine mm -hmm. you as a business owner and 40% of your time is spent on admin work instead of generating revenue for your business. Exactly. Why they hire a virtual assistant that gives admin support. Yeah. So don't yeah. lose, don't lose that as well. Because yeah. again, I, yeah, I, I see that. I see that on the social media platform more so on Instagram than um, LinkedIn. But um like I said, when I see there's going to be a real need for um, administrative assistance, um, virtual administrative assistance, and because the demand is going to be high, right? The demand is going to be high, so your prices can be high to go along with the demand. 
So, and again, um, the social media marketing, it is hot. It is trending right now. People are making money. However, when it's time for a business to look at their finances and their bottom line, who will be the first to go? And those specialty needs, right, like social media, may go away before the admin. They will keep that admin. Think about it in the corporate world. Every department, every department, every senior leadership has an admin. Every last one of them. Mm-hmm. Every last one of them. There's only one social media marketing person, and they may be a contractor because we need you when we need you, not necessarily 100% or 40% of the time, right? Look at you coming out with some stats. <laughs> yeah, yes, look around you, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Look, I had to. I wrote that number down because I'll be using it. <laughs> hey, spread the word. Exactly. Um, but this has so, been very enlightening. Um, this whole conversation, and definitely, definitely want you back because we need to talk about more stuff, especially when it comes to um, technical stuff. And we want to yeah. love to uh, talk about more of working in a corporate office and how people can use and start their business um, as a virtual assistant or as a tech VA, because you come from a, you have an IT background and how to get started with doing that as well. Mm-hmm. But I would love for you to share your free resources um, with our audience and share how free or um, resources will help them and share where they can get get these free offers so you can follow me on um, instagram um i'm very consistent with my branding is track creations for e and it's track t-r-a-c creations with an s for e so at track creation for e you can also find me on um, youtube I'm on Twitter under the same and on LinkedIn. I'm just under my name, Teresa Cyrus. And I provide tricks and tips for the Microsoft 365 products. Um, that's Outlook, Excel, PowerPoint, and Microsoft Teams. Come, I, I think I'm going to wait to 2023 to really come out with SharePoint, SharePoint beast of its own. And when I come out with SharePoint tricks and tips, I'm going to put all my attention with SharePoint. The other thing that I just want to mention is when you see information, training tricks and tips on social media, don't just like it. Go and actually try it and do it. I find a lot of people on my social media platform. Um, LinkedIn is slightly different. They just liken it. And then when I ask, did you try it? No, I have not. So the whole purpose is, is to really for you to try these tricks and tips. Because once you run through the process at least once or twice, you'll at least know it. When you're ready to need, when you need it, you have it and you know it, right? And you know where to go. So those will be my last words for for this group is for not just my stuff, anybody that posts any tricks and tips out there, just do it, try it, learn it. And small results bring big returns. So if you learn something new once a week, And over time, you'll realize how much your digital 
technical skill set has grown and you have to, you know, you have to do it to, to actually grow. So that would be my last message for this group. So yay. Yay. Thank you for inviting me, Tipa. This is really, really fun. Like I, I always like to come and talk with you because coming from administrative side and coming from the IT side, you get it. You can relate to it for sure. Yes, definitely relate. That's why we we was in tune with each other when we met. So yeah, definitely exactly. there is more to come. Please reach out to Teresa if need any Microsoft training. She has free resources. Her her social media has a plethora of, of tricks and tips that you can learn from. Don't take this lightly because again, you're going to be leaving money on the table. She gave you the stats. Pay yep. attention. Pay attention to those stats. All right, guys. Have a blessed one and we'll see you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to Vision, Impact, and Purpose with Coach Tiqua. Be sure to tune in again for new episodes and visit her website at tiqua.com.